This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening and welcome to my very first Late Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio. I'm Tracy Lees, I'm an assistant head teacher, I'm an author and a part-time diversity advocate and for the next hour we are going to be talking all things well-being and joy. We are live from Staffordshire and I would love to hear your views tonight. Let's go. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and good evening. Uh, This is my first ever show. So I'm putting it out there now that I'm absolutely, well, I'm two things. I'm tired because this is uh, not so much the late, late show as uh, a late, 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 late show. Um, This is a one-off time change. So tonight we're going 9.30 till 10.30, but next week, Uh, It will be Sarah Langdon and she's going to go nine till 10 and I'm going to alternate with her. And I know she's got a brilliant show lined up. So the first thing I am is tired. And the second thing I am, if I'm honest, is terrified. Um, So bear with me, go easy on me. Um, But, you know, manage expectations. It's my first show. So I'm delighted so far that nothing's blown up. that I can tell. So that's brilliant. Uh, So this is a new adventure for me. I'm having a little bit of a kind of um, Alice in Wonderland year um, in which I published a book. And then the next thing you know, things happen. And all of a sudden, you're on Teachers Talk Radio in your pyjamas, which I cannot confirm, maybe in pyjamas. And I'll tell you who I blame. I blame Women Ed. I blame Women Ed for telling me that I could be 10% braver. Um, well, it turns out it's a little bit more than that. And hopefully, hopefully it will go well, because really, that aren't we all just talking for a living to some extent? So again, welcome. Um, this is The Late Late Show, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with you this evening. I can see we've got some listeners already. Thanks for the message, Paul. Thanks for the good luck. Uh, I know we're all in it together. So we're talking this evening about um, joy and well-being, two um, inextricably linked things that often we find are lacking in teaching, although it is kind of widely acknowledged to be a profession that is full of joy. Um, And before we unpick this, I just want to put out there that I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that um, this is the best job in the world. We get a feeling from this job that people in the private sector can only dream about. Um, And even though we are altruistic and even though we are uh, selfless and even though we are inherently public servants, that doesn't mean we're not allowed to experience joy. And what have the private sector got on us? Well, okay, they have jobs that they probably can do in the time and with the resources that they have to do it. 
But I maintain, I maintain that teaching gives you things that those bankers with their cars and their fringe benefits, what we've got, um, they can only dream of. So the reason I'm thinking about teacher well-being and joy is because, I mean, reflecting on myself personally, to me, this is widely considered to be the most miserable term in the academic year. So I line manage the early career teachers in my school and I have gone round with chocolates, with care packages and they've said, well, what's this for? It's not Christmas yet. And I say, well, because you're going to need this. You're going to need this to get you through um, to get you through the half term. However, it has occurred to me and I'm a secondary practitioner. I should have perhaps told you that. Um, Maybe that is just specific to secondary because we're knee deep in, in mocks. We um, have the clocks have just changed. In secondary, it's a little bit different. We don't see vitamin D. We don't really get that because unless you're teaching PE, you're not really outside. Um, and I don't know what it is, but this year that clock change has hit me hard in a way that I can't quite explain. So my first question is, is it, a secondary thing because I'm thinking about my children are primary school age and the feedback that I get from them is that actually they are experiencing joy you know they are preparing for nativities they are preparing for lovely community gorgeous snuggly things so I wonder if you're a primary teacher I would love to know I would love to hear from you for you to text in um, and tell me am I right in my assumption that you guys in primary are drunk on joy and in secondary we are kind of miserable trolls in a, a pit of misery I would love to know if that's actually the case um because, you know, this is my annual, uh, do I still want to do this job uh, kind of uh, existential crisis that is really just happens at this point in the year. Um, and it's normally triggered by the same things. So teaching is a magical profession. Um, childhood is magical. And I was really interested yesterday that Teachers Talk Radio posed a question of their listeners about what brings joy into school. And there was an absolutely resounding common denominator. And the common denominator, and you will know, you will know what I'm going to say, the common denominator was all about the students. Obviously, it's the thing that makes our jobs unique. It's where it's where we get. It's where we get that joy factor. Now, I'm an assistant head teacher, and I in recent years I find that I'm working with students less and less, and I'm working with staff more and more. And I'm not asking anybody, by the way, to feel sorry for me because I knew that when I went to the dark side. But this, the dark side, is where I am. Um, so I now kind of go out of my way to find ways to interact with the students more and more because otherwise you're just, in some ways, it's not really like teaching after a certain point. It's, you know, getting grown-ups to behave or getting grown-ups to do the things that students can or sometimes can't do. So one of the things um, that I've um, done 
I would say selflessly, it wasn't quite as selfless as it sounds, is I'm organizing a trip to France and I'm going to take some uh, year eight, year nine, year 10, and actually year 11 students to the Lille Christmas markets at the beginning of December. Absolutely, absolutely magical, complete joy fest. Unless, of course, you are the trip leader and you're dealing with a load of students who, because of COVID and because of other reasons, are haven't renewed passports. So that was the first um, surprise of the trip. Um, and, you know, you don't have eHICS anymore. You have GHICS. And I'm a little bit out of practice because we haven't been abroad in a number of years. So this thing that is there to contrive joy or to uh, engineer joy for the students, admittedly, not for me, um, ironically creates a little bit of workload, ironically creates workload and capacity, which is the very antidote to joy. The other thing as well that I, I lead on um, and in my school is enrichment, which is, of course, a huge source of joy um, in schools. Isn't that isn't that one of the things that we love to do to give those students opportunities um, in the school um, that perhaps they're not getting perhaps at the weekend or they wouldn't have the means to do otherwise. But again, there's a lot of work that goes with this. So trying to spark joy can backfire. Oh, that's a good, uh, that's a good analogy. I'll stick with that. Um, and I feel pretty lucky to be in a school where, uh, joy is recognized and, um, I would say, and I would say this because I'm on SLT, but I would say that our school is led in a way that is incredibly considerate and mindful of well-being. And I, I look back at the beginning of my teaching career, which was 15, 16 years ago, and in those days, it was like a badge of honor. It was cool to do a, an all-nighter or to work all weekend, or it was applauded if you sent an email at 4am and I thank I thank goodness that we are no longer treating teachers and there is a recognition in the profession that actually we do need to look after each other we do need to look after ourselves because people are not queuing up to do our jobs and we're going to come to that later in the show so if you just joined us my name is Tracy Lees and this is my very first late, late show. I am with you all the way until 10.30. And tonight I am talking about joy and well-being. It would be great if we had some texts in about what your school does to promote joy or, or actually what doesn't, what triggers this uh, lack of joy or what triggers stress that perhaps as a profession we could look at and we could reflect on um, how we could take care of our teachers in a slightly better way. So there's a couple of other things. There's a couple of other things that I have um, been working on um, to create joy in my school. And um, one of them, and I'm just going to let you think I look like someone that does a lot of Zumba, one of them is that we do staff Zumba. Um, admittedly not recently and admittedly not very regularly, but when we couldn't exercise indoors, when we were just coming out of the pandemic, um, we would go outside and we would do Zumba together. Now, I guarantee, I guarantee um, that that you feel some joy. I mean, it's obviously endorphins. It's not actual, you know, 
manufacturable joy, but it's joy nonetheless. And the second thing that we're starting to look at um, now at this point in the year is we've started to do an annual Christmas video where the staff join in, make themselves look silly, set to a Christmas song. Now this, I think this year will be like the fourth one that we've done. So what started very ad hoc and what started with very little preparation or creativity has kind of evolved into a more kind of Steven Spielberg-esque epic production that needs editing, it needs TikTok references. Um, we need disclaimers, we need choreography. So again, these things that bring joy can have um, the opposite effect. Uh, so I'd be really keen to hear your views on this tonight. And I'm hoping after 10 o'clock, we can take some calls on what schools do for joy. And if anybody thinks they've got this sussed, or if anybody thinks they are in a school um, who's got this sussed, please do share it with us because this is important work. We have to look after ourselves and we have to look after each other in the profession. And I'm a firm believer in that. And just before we go uh, to the news, we're going to go to the news in about two or three minutes. I just want to talk about culture because so much of well-being and joy will come from your school culture. Now, school cultures really are a result of other things, aren't they? They are often results of the context of the school. They are often a result of um, accountability measures. They're often a result of your intake. They can be nothing to do with the people who lead the schools. But school culture for me is where it starts and ends in terms of joy and well-being and I before I did this job I was a head of department and one of the things I was really really against is complaining and do you know as teachers I get it we are so good we are so good at complaining because we've we've got cause we've got reason to complain it's a difficult job and it gets more difficult seemingly with every year that passes but for me, it's a concerted effort as a leader to keep the mood light all the time and try to try to outwardly at least show that positivity that you need from others because you don't get through this. You don't get through this profession to the end, to the end point. You won't make it all the way through if that is tolerated. So we've got a text in from Paul, and I'm just going to share what Paul has said. Oh, I like this. So Paul says that uh, recently appointed and supposedly, <laughs> okay, I'm, I've got the word supposedly, I think I know where this is going, Paul, qualified senior mental health lead, feels like I've turned up into an earthquake epicenter with a dustpan and a brush. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's a big job. Well-being is hard. And it's hard because it is intangible. It does. It is a result of things that you can't engineer. You can't manufacture. And if you try to manufacture joy, as we've just said, there's a there's a trade-off for that. That comes at a that comes at a price. Um so yeah, and the best way to lift students as well as staff. Absolutely. And for me, it comes back to culture. Um and we have to, I think, to collectively be solution focused. Um, and yeah, it's difficult. 
it's difficult when you've got a WhatsApp group and people are complaining it's professional and they and it's a joke, but it's not because there will be somebody with a mental health need, I guarantee, that is reading that uh, and being affected by it. So absolutely, joy and well-being are linked. And later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about well-being specifically. So you've got the gist. We're talking until 10.30 about joy and about well-being that we very much need in this difficult profession. Okay, I'm going to be back after the news where we're going to be looking at some strategies that we can use to build well-being in our schools. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Scotsman reports on strike action by Scottish teachers planned to take place in the coming weeks. Scottish Education Secretary Shirley Ann Somerville has said there is no separate pot of money to fund an improved pay deal for school staff and that any improved pay offer would involve diverting cash from other areas. Strike action was announced after recent ballots and will be the first such action for almost 40 years. School staff are due to strike on November the 24th, after members of Scotland's largest teaching union overwhelmingly voted in favour of the industrial action. The EIS union said 96% of its members backed the action via a ballot, which saw a turnout of 71%. The most recent offer of a 5% pay rise was rejected three months ago. Ms Somerville told the Scotsman that she was absolutely determined to try to reward staff with a pay rise closer to the 10% being sought by unions, but warned it would lead to difficult decisions in other areas. In Wales, school children have been given the green light to support their national team in the group game against Iran. The Welsh Government has agreed to let schools decide how to manage the timetables during the game, which kicks off at 10am on Friday the 25th of November. The team is in the nation's first World Cup for 64 years. The FA of Wales has organised a football Friday for the day of the Iran game. Around 1,100 schools throughout the country are preparing for a full day of football activity. 
The Welsh FA has created packs including bunting, footballs, flags and posters to mark the event. Skills sessions, inter-school matches and football festivals are also planned for either side of the Iran game. Pupils in both primary and secondary schools are planning to take part in the events. FE Week focuses on the efforts of colleges across the country that have been instrumental in helping refugees from the war in Ukraine build a home away from home in the UK. Since the war began, around 7 million citizens of Ukraine have left their homes and almost 150,000 have found sanctuary in the UK. The country's colleges have dedicated their efforts to laying on ESOL courses to help refugees master English, as well as other learning opportunities designed to help Ukrainians settle in. Whilst numbers vary from area to area, some colleges have signed more than 100 Ukrainian students onto courses. And not just for ESOL. At least 1,200 students are on A-level or other post-GCSE courses. But it's not just about teaching English. College staff have also worked to provide other practical support, such as free bus passes, lunch vouchers and loaned laptops. The full story can be found on the FE Week website. Finally, a new resource for secondary school age pupils has been launched to encourage young people to consider a career in the veterinary professions. The British Veterinary Association has endorsed the Vet Team in a Box resource, produced by University of Liverpool. The resource is designed in line with the Key Stage 3 National Curriculum and helps students participate in scenarios which aim to demystify the veterinary professions and remove perceived barriers to joining. The resource will be available later this month. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week let's talk gadgets and tech that helps us teach, but also might be something to hint at for a gift in the near future. Before I start, I'd like to define tech as anything that's been made that makes a difference to how we interact with the world. Usually, for the better. A pencil or scissors, for example, are classed as tech in my definition. That being said, let's look at what a few internet searches have brought up as must-have tech for teachers. Mini whiteboards, a favourite of Nathan Ginn, have got to be super useful. Things to watch though is pens running out, do you also need a cloth or a board rubber, and primary teachers don't let the kids keep them in the trays with the books, they make them look messy and get ink all over them. Interactive screens, are you team interactive or could you have had a big TV and spent the rest on other things? I love interactivity but my subject lends itself to it. Are you simply presenting on an overpriced screen? Things to check out are open source interactive software that's compatible with different devices. Sometimes you can be locked in by software. Having something you can use on almost any board might be for you, especially if your school has a mixed estate of kit and as it's open source, it will be free. The presentation clicker is a classic. Things to watch for is losing it, leaving the USB dongle behind and also ensuring you don't use the built-in class three laser to blind the class. Does anyone really use a laser pointer? A webcam, a topic I've discussed in the past, a decent webcam nowadays doesn't need to be expensive and can do as much as a visualizer. Think purpose and audience, then think desk space and the number of cables needed. What about simpler gadgets? Feedback stamps. With these, I'd just be certain the way feedback is given isn't going to change before you buy them to get value for money from the stamp. Ninja pens. Is it a ruler? Is it a pen? No, it's a spirit level and also a flat and cross-headed screwdriver. 
It looks cool, but if you get a cheap one, don't expect to be able to unscrew anything unless what you're unscrewing is made from cheese. As always, I'd love to hear about your favourite teaching tech. Let us know at TT Radio 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, and we are back. We survived the first ads, people. I'm so pleased. So, uh, welcome. If you're just joining us, this is the Late Late Show with me, Tracy Lees, um, and I am delighted to be with you this evening talking all about teacher joy and well-being uh, issues that I think. I could talk about all year, but thankfully we've just got till 10.30. And if you're just joining us, just a reminder that this is a one-off later show. Thank goodness, because this is absolutely not my time of the day. But from next week onwards, you'll have Sarah Langdon's got a brilliant show for you. uh, And we're going to alternate every other week, a little bit of woman power on a Monday night. And remember, it's available for you to download through Spotify, Podbean and all the usual places. So we've been talking about joy in the profession. um, And by the way, I've just realized that I have set myself up in the exact spot that I was in. Um, when I taught online <laughs> in lockdown. And actually, this is not good for my uh, well-being. So I'll rethink that next week. Um, and obviously, joy and well-being link because joy breeds well-being. Now, we know that teaching is a hard profession. And actually, there are things that the, that the profession needs to do about that. Um, capacity, time, mentoring, retention, all of those things. But if we can, I'd really like to think about solutions and who is winning with well-being, which schools, which teachers, which staff. I can see we've got some people in the live studio. I would love to hear from you this evening and hear how people are succeeding with well-being. Um, I did read an interesting statistic in my preparation for the show. Um, Unfortunately, I could not tell you the source of this. So take it uh, as you find it. But we know that there's a recruitment crisis. I work with early career teachers in my school and um, it's hard. Uh, The providers, ITT, SKITS, they are not getting the number of applicants as they would have had in in previous years. So we we will know that. We know that anecdotally, and there's lots of data around this. But I saw a statistic that said 44% of teachers plan to leave the profession by 2027. Now, if we do that, we haven't got we haven't got people lining up to take these roles. So yes, we do need profession uh, wide systemic changes. Um, But you know, we can do things as individuals and and as schools and as leaders. And you know, it's interesting that um, Ofsted now report on um, your retention, they actually effectively report on well-being and thank goodness this is becoming something um, that schools are uh, held to account for because it's really important. I'd love to know, uh, I'd love to hear your texts about who your well-being gurus are, who models that well-being um, that schools desperately want and need because as we know there is no magic bullet. There is no magic bullet in terms of um 
finding these solutions. Um, it's a very small kind of piecemeal approach that perhaps can make a big difference. Now, for me, for me, the biggest um, indicator of well-being is that feeling when you are in a school, when you are in a school and someone says to you, can I just have a word with you? It's that feeling of I'm not going to panic when that happens. I have to say, it wouldn't matter which school I was in, I would still have that feeling, but that's just me. And let's just assume I'm not indicative of everybody because this is profession-wide. This transcends the schools that we are in. So I'd love to hear from you. What makes a school a happy place to work? Are you in a school that has got well-being at the forefront of its practice? Um, and just a reminder, if you do ring in tonight, hopefully you've got headphones in uh, and you're able to get through. Now, well-being is also intrinsic versus kind of extrinsic. So, for example, a lot of schools' uh, solution to well-being is cake, that magic thing, or sometimes wine, but, you know, as a gift, not as a an aperitif at break time. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And I don't know that you're going to meet many people that would say no to those things. But those things aren't creating well-being long term. That's a short term, you know, gratification. That isn't that isn't going to keep staff loading them up with sugar. It isn't really going to keep them going for 20, 30 years in the profession. And actually, for a lot of people... Um, they probably, for their well-being, would want to be left alone. They might want to um, not interact with other people, and that's good for their, their well-being. For me as an extrovert, I need to go and interact with people and, and students. And, you know, there isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all approach. So please let me know this evening, what are your well-being hacks? What things has your school adopted what permission has your school given you to allow yourself to have a sense of well-being? For me, there's a couple of things. I like to know that I can work when it's convenient to me. So I've got children and my optimum time to work in terms of my day-to-day -day, um, is when my children are in bed. And I need to leave school by a certain time in order to see them bath them, feed them, interact with them. That is, after all, why I became a parent. Um, but Schedule Send is my friend. I love a Schedule Send. Um, send an email um, late at night and have it arrive at 8 a.m. It's everybody's well-being, including mine. Um, I also think you need to know, you need to know where the... Um, forget it button is now I've heard the forget it button called something much ruder that we, we won't say um, but that's the button when actually some things can wait or actually I'm not working tonight that isn't that isn't going to work for my well-being um, and I'm a firm believer in you make your choices so you could work every single day of the summer holidays and have a dream first half term you could do that. You could print everything. You could have everything lined up. But actually, what you're not going to get is the opportunity to uh, rest. You're not going to get the opportunity to unwind. Um, and actually, well-being is allowed. So I'm keen to know 
um, what well-being hacks. We've got a few texts um, in that I'm going to share. But I also want to know what are the triggers? What are the absolute no-nos that um, schools should avoid in order to create cultures of well-being? So a couple of texts that we've had in. I'm going to read in full, if I may. Um, so I'm an assistant head teacher in a secondary school. Sorry, an assistant <laughs> a head of department. I am brainwashed by my own job title. Do forgive me. Our school has put a lot of big little things in place to boost happiness and address well-being. For example, our head teacher has started to turn up to duty spots to relieve people. And this wasn't publicized, but it's a lovely little surprise on those days that are a bit busier because of duties on top of everything else. And one of the busiest, the, sorry, the biggest things has been that we don't physically mark exercise books anymore. Game changer. I absolutely hear you. Um, we do still mark in my school. Um, and my husband is also a teacher. And he will see me marking and be like, you are so in the past. You are so in the past. Um, we don't mark exercise books. We do mark deeply marked work. But again, it's a game changer. Marking is a massive trigger. It's a massive thing that schools can adopt a school-wide approach that is really about staff. And absolutely, we don't, as schools, do we make decisions based on staff need? We base decisions for students. But my goodness, don't our staff impact on students? Don't the doesn't the joy, the happiness, the general well-being of our staff, doesn't that trickle down to every single stakeholder? Okay, another text from Paul. By the way, Paul, thanks so much. Thanks so much for your input tonight. Uh, I really do appreciate it. So Paul's brought in active resources for the school with varying success. More equipment for playtimes was well received. The electronic basketball ring was hidden away by after-school staff who didn't want the kids to use it. What? And I, na I now donated a pool table to the school, but the head doesn't want it. As she says, <laughs> it links to pub culture. Any other ideas? Paul, I'd put that in your staff room and uh, call, call that a well-being win. But yeah, you, you're right, uh, Paul. Some of the things, some of the things that we we do to boost well-being, um, actually take away from it. And actually, Paul, very well intentioned, has hit has hit red tape and brick walls there. So absolutely, and that that's a common thing. Am I right? Uh, so Kay, Kay says that we have built-in well-being call-out. When you see a colleague struggling or an issue, you can ask the SLT rotor to drop in on a well-being check. I absolutely love that. Not me making a note and taking that to my head teacher. We've got another text. Uh, totally agree with the culture of tr trust. Yes, trust. We'll come back to that. That's a brilliant shout. I leave by 4 p.m. every day in order to collect my own children. And I know that I'm not being judged for it. Yes, preach. In SLT, they make it very clear that this is the case and even point out that we have golden weeks with no meetings and we are actively encouraged to take advantage of an early dart. Absolutely. And this reminds me of going back, going back to work after having my youngest son and for reasons I won't go into. I got promoted on maternity leave. It's virtually impossible, I know, if not unlikely. We won't unpick that, but that's what happened. Reality, somebody did my job really well in my absence. And um, I went back and I just kept thinking, I want to go and pick my children up and I'll, I promise I'll get my laptop out when they're in bed. And I sat down with my head teacher and I said, look, I'm going to have to ask you, um, can I leave at, at half past four 
pick up my children and work when they're in bed. And he looked at me and was like, just, are you being rhetorical? Does this need an answer? And I was like, yeah, I actually need to hear it. I actually need to hear it from, um, from you. <laughs> um, and, and thus we never looked back, but you're right. Trust is so important in schools. And I do think school culture is moving away from, um, away from a kind of, uh, big brother is watching you Pavlov's dogs kind of, um, overly scrutinized, um, professional approach and much more into this culture of trust. So for example, things that trigger people, um, can be lesson observations. So, you know, I, as I've mentioned before, I work with ECTs. When I tell them that, you know, back in the day, you got a number for your lesson, you know, a one, two, a three or a four. And that was the kind of sum total of your success that term or for your performance management, or in some cases you would add that number up and work out a mean average and then you'd, it would sit on a spreadsheet. I mean, their minds are blown. And thank goodness that uh, education is moving away from those uh, kind of draconian and, you know, inaccurate ways of of measuring teachers. And you probably, if you've been teaching long enough, like I have, you probably know somebody who was a monster day to day, but had an absolutely sensational observation lesson that would be, would be brought out and uh, paraded. I mean, that was, that was not good for anyone's well-being. So yeah, absolutely. Trust, trust is key. Um, I agree. SLT need to tell you, you need to hear it. And actually as a leader myself, I tell people what I do for my well-being. Um, and I will say things like you can email me after this time, but please don't be offended that I won't respond. And you can see people sort of thinking like, Oh, is, is that allowed? Am I, am I allowed to have a life? So absolutely yes to this. I'm, I'm thrilled by the way, that we're kind of on the same, we're kind of on the same page to this. And if we have got any primary uh, colleagues listening, I'd be really keen to know what's the joy like in primary at the minute, because my hypothesis is that primary are winning uh, at joy in this half term and secondary, not so much. Um, a few more texts. I'm just going to share them. So Kay has said that their, her head advocates for staff being treated the same. Doesn't matter if you're a lunchtime supervisor, a cleaner or SLT. Yes, Kay. Everyone is valued the same and policies have changed for personal leave. So it's the same across all roles, which builds a culture of equity. SLT send thank you cards to staff across the school when you recognize what someone has done. Always has to be posted home, not hand delivered. I love this. It's expensive and there's a cost of living crisis, but I love it anyway. Uh, and SLT need to practice what they preach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, amazing, amazing feedback tonight. Absolutely loving hearing your ideas. So you are listening to The Late Late Show with Tracy Lees. It's my first show, but guess what? We're, we're all okay. Nothing's blown up. And as far as I can tell, everyone is alive. So we're spending some time tonight talking about well-being, talking about joy in schools. And actually, if we think about what brought us all to the profession, we could have, you know, made money doing other things or, um, 
had nice titles. I would have loved a better workwear wardrobe that I don't need to wear on duty in the chip queue, which is for all intents and purposes, a little bit like going into battle currently. Um, but there is something magical about teaching um, and joy is so important. And absolutely, I think it does come back to how schools are led. And definitely there is amazing work going on on the ground in which um, some schools, some individuals are making massive headway in terms of this issue of well-being. We've already said that this is a profession-wide issue um, and it's there's no magic bullet. It isn't an easy thing to fix. So keep your texts coming in. I would love to hear more about the ways in which your school or you as individuals promote joy and promote um, well-being for your staff and your students. Okay, so it's my first show. It's all okay so far. This is good for my well-being, by the way, but I'm interested, what do teachers do that is nothing to do with the job for well-being? And, and I admit, I might not be the best uh, or the most relatable example because I wrote a book as a hobby, which I can I know from speaking to other people is not um, is not normal. Um, but what what do you do that is not the job? Because often I think that is that is half the battle. So thinking about joy, thinking about this time of year, um, my school have a marvelous initiative that I will share with you. Please feel free to steal it is in no way original nor copywritten but my school has um a christmas kindness agenda so for the whole month of december you are buddied up with somebody in the school and you um do reciprocal acts of kindness for them and ideally um they don't cost um money ideally it's um oh can i just do your break duty mrs lee's yeah, you can. Um, or here we go. Here's some photocopying. I noticed that you'd put this in. I brought it up for you. Um, and it happens throughout all of December. I mean, I'd love if we did this the whole year, but I suppose that's not what Christmas is. So all of these things, all of these things contribute to this idea of joy and this idea of um well-being in schools, which is of paramount importance. A couple more texts before we go back to the news. Brownies and donuts, absolutely, I am with you, Paul. However, I've got to tell you, that might that might bring me joy, but it won't make me feel well, not in the long run. Um, planning holidays, yes, Kay, <laughs> absolutely. Um, random acts of kindness email, anonymous, forward it into staff and get students. These are amazing ideas. I'm going to download my own show as a podcast, make some notes and present it as uh, to, to my head. So thanks for that, everybody. Um, okay, so you are listening to Teachers Talk Radio, the late, late show at the slightly later time of 9.30 till 10.30 for this week only. It is my first show. Thanks for going easy on me. Uh, I'm going to be back just after the news. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, 
the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Scotsman reports on strike action by Scottish teachers planned to take place in the coming weeks. Scottish Education Secretary Shirley Ann Somerville has said there is no separate pot of money to fund an improved pay deal for school staff and that any improved pay offer would involve diverting cash from other areas. Strike action was announced after recent ballots and will be the first such action for almost 40 years. School staff are due to strike on November the 24th after members of Scotland's largest teaching union overwhelmingly voted in favour of the industrial action. The EIS union said 96% of its members backed the action via a ballot which saw a turnout of 71%. The most recent offer of a 5% pay rise was rejected three months ago. Ms Somerville told the Scotsman that she was absolutely determined to try to reward staff with a pay rise closer to the 10% being sought by unions, but warned it would lead to difficult decisions in other areas. In Wales, school children have been given the green light to support their national team in the group game against Iran. The Welsh Government has agreed to let schools decide how to manage the timetables during the game, which kicks off at 10am on Friday the 25th of November. The team is in the nation's first World Cup for 64 years. The FA of Wales has organised a football Friday for the day of the Iran game. Around 1100 schools throughout the country are preparing for a full day of football activity. The Welsh FA has created packs including bunting, footballs, flags and posters to mark the event. Skills sessions, inter-school matches and football festivals are also planned for either side of the Iran game. Pupils in both primary and secondary schools are planning to take part in the events. FE Week focuses on the efforts of colleges across the country that have been instrumental in helping refugees from the war in Ukraine build a home away from home in the UK. Since the war began, around 7 million citizens of Ukraine have left their homes and almost 150,000 have found sanctuary in the UK. The country's colleges have dedicated their efforts to laying on ESOL courses to help refugees master English, as well as other learning opportunities designed to help Ukrainians settle in. Whilst numbers vary from area to area, some colleges have signed more than 100 Ukrainian students onto courses. And not just for ESOL. 
at least 1,200 students are on A-level or other post-GCSE courses. But it's not just about teaching English. College staff have also worked to provide other practical support, such as free bus passes, lunch vouchers and loaned laptops. The full story can be found on the FE Week website. Finally, a new resource for secondary school age pupils has been launched to encourage young people to consider a career in the veterinary professions. The British Veterinary Association has endorsed the Vet Team in a Box resource, produced by University of Liverpool. The resource is designed in line with the Key Stage 3 National Curriculum and helps students participate in scenarios which aim to demystify the veterinary professions and remove perceived barriers to joining. The resource will be available later this month. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week let's talk gadgets and tech that helps us teach, but also might be something to hint at for a gift in the near future. Before I start, I'd like to define tech as anything that's been made that makes a difference to how we interact with the world. Usually, for the better. A pencil or scissors, for example, are classed as tech in my definition. That being said, let's look at what a few internet searches have brought up as must-have tech for teachers. Mini whiteboards, a favourite of Nathan Ginn, have got to be super useful. Things to watch though is pens running out, do you also need a cloth or a board rubber, and primary teachers don't let the kids keep them in the trays with the books, they make them look messy and get ink all over them. Interactive screens, are you team interactive or could you have had a big TV and spent the rest on other things? I love interactivity but my subject lends itself to it. Are you simply presenting on an overpriced screen? Things to check out are open source interactive software that's compatible with different devices. Sometimes you can be locked in by software. Having something you can use on almost any board might be for you, especially if your school has a mixed estate of kit and as it's open source, it will be free. The presentation clicker is a classic. Things to watch for is losing it, leaving the USB dongle behind and also ensuring you don't use the built-in class three laser to blind the class. Does anyone really use a laser pointer? A webcam, a topic I've discussed in the past, a decent webcam nowadays doesn't need to be expensive and can do as much as a visualizer. Think purpose and audience, then think desk space and the number of cables needed. What about simpler gadgets? Feedback stamps. With these, I'd just be certain the way feedback is given isn't going to change before you buy them to get value for money from the stamp. Ninja pens. Is it a ruler? Is it a pen? No, it's a spirit level and also a flat and cross-headed screwdriver. It looks cool, but if you get a cheap one, don't expect to be able to unscrew anything unless what you're unscrewing is made from cheese. As always, I'd love to hear about your favourite teaching tech. Let us know at TT Radio 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, we are back. Almost slick, almost slick. I did tell you it's my first show. Uh, so we're heading into the last 10 minutes of the show now. We have spent this evening talking about joy, talking about well-being in this beautiful, precious, sacred uh, profession of ours. So we've still got time if anybody wants to call in. Uh, perfect timing. I should have Kay coming through on the line. Hello, Kay. Hi there. Are you able to hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? 
can, Kay. <laughs> You're my first caller, um, so just... we'll, we'll blame it on the first show thing. <laughs> to measure um, staff voice and um, toolkit. You can analyze. I can tell you're saying something, Ace, but it's it's coming through a bit a bit strange. Would you mind disconnecting and trying to ring through again? It's just coming up a little bit scrambled. Hello. No. Okay, the thought was there. The thought was there. Uh, if you're there, speak up. Okay, I think we're struggling. Kate, I will try and get you back on a little bit later on. So we have spent this evening talking about um, well-being and talking about the role of joy in the profession. Now, I feel I feel more joyful from hearing some of your ideas. Um, and I think we've got to, we've got to go forwards as advocates for joy in the profession. We've got to go forwards um, feeling like well-being is winnable and feeling like we can succeed because the jobs that we do are just too important, just too important for us not to be well and feel joy in the meantime. Um, so a couple of texts before we finish. Um, this show has flown. I don't know if that's normal. Um, but wow, what an adventure it's been this evening. Um, so, Paul, Paul, you you win my star of the week, by the way, for for texts. Thank you so much for getting in touch this evening. Um, is it a good idea to have the star of the week on the staff whiteboard? For example, well done, Mrs. Butler, for coping with Lucy's mum shouting in your face <laughs> after school. Um, I love a star of the week. I absolutely love star of the week. Um SLT are banned from getting it in my school. So um, I live under the false illusion that I get nominated every week, but it's never given to me. Um, and do you know what is key to all this that we actually haven't touched on this evening is praise. As a profession, we are starved of praise. Are we not? Um, we, everybody likes praise. Everybody likes to, to know when they're doing a good job. You know, if it's merited, if it's specific, not if it's, you know, well done for showing up because that's not what the profession needs. Um, a prize of no break duty. I am into that. Anything that builds capacity. Uh, Kay's asking us how do staff gather, how do, sorry, schools gather staff voice? That's a great question, Kay, because what is the metric? What's the litmus test for a school that is doing well being well? Um, it's a very hard thing to quantify. Um, Staff voice, very important. Happiness and well-being is intrinsically linked with feeling valued. Absolutely. More of this, please, in the profession. Um, and we've got another text through that says that um, we have a well-being group who meet half-termly to discuss policy and events which are highlighted by staff members. Yeah, we need rigor. We don't just need a tokenistic group. We need the same rigor that we would give to perhaps academic uh, outcomes. Um, so absolutely love that. Um, absolutely praise is key. Wow. What, what an adventure tonight has been. I did tell you it's my first 
show. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I've been terrified um, about doing this. So I'm so grateful that you've been here listening this evening. Um, absolutely loved hearing all of your ideas. And I'm going to leave you with a challenge for uh, the week ahead. So I want you to consciously go forwards into your schools um, as intentional practitioners of joy, advocates for joy. And um, do tell us on Twitter um, if there's anything you hit upon that is really bringing that uh, joy factor. Um, and a couple of great texts still coming through personal issues. It's important to know what's going on with staff outside of culture. Um, absolutely. And some of us will be, are better at being well than others. Some reason, some of us are, uh, you know, two goals down before we even start in terms of well-being. So absolutely couldn't agree more. Um, and I'm going to leave, leave the final, um, the text with, uh, Kay, who's, instructing us all to go and find the positives. What a brilliant, brilliant note uh, for us to take away. What a brilliant thing to take away. So to finish then, we've been talking about joy. We've been talking about teacher well-being. Um, my name is Tracy Lees. I'm going to be with you every other week moving forwards. Next week, from nine till 10, you've got Sarah Langdon. She's got a guest. She's smart. She knows it's hard to talk for an hour and she got herself a guest. Guess what I'm going to be doing on my next show? I can tell you that for free. Um, but I will see you in two weeks um, at the slightly different time of um, nine until 10. Hopefully I'm not too full of adrenaline to sleep. And I've absolutely loved hearing from you this evening um, here on Teachers Talk Radio. So thank you so much for your contributions. Thanks for the encouragement. I've loved those texts coming through. Absolutely thrilled to be in the fold this evening. Okay, night everybody. Thank you for listening. been listening to Tracy Lees on the Late Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio. I'll be back in two weeks. This time next week, you will catch up with Sarah Langdon, who'll be with you from nine until 10. Thank you so much for your contributions. You can download us on Spotify, Apple, and listen back on the Teachers Talk Radio website. Thanks so much for your contributions. Uh, night, night.